You're listening to the Elevate Podcast, the official podcast of the Coastal LA Singles Ministry, where our focus is reaching up, reaching in, and reaching out. All right, how's everyone doing? What? All right, uh, can you guys hear me okay? On the mic? Okay. We're, we're a little, uh, there's a little bit of feedback going on, so I don't, don't want to turn it up too much right here. Um, but thanks all for coming out to the class. This is Confidence in Crisis. Um, and I'm really excited to, uh, my name is Aaron Young, and I'm really excited to sh- uh, do this class with Danny Peets. Uh, we were able to sit down uh, really last night. We were just hashing stuff out, and uh, this girl's got so much good stuff for us. So, you know, I'm, I'm excited, and I hope you guys are too, and just really you know, glad that you're joining us tonight. Um, I just wanted to s- start off, you know, confidence in, in, in crisis, um, it, it's a, one of those funny things where, you know, you just um, don't know how you're going to get through something sometimes. You're in the middle of it. You know you're in a crisis. It's the temptation to just go crazy. And hopefully tonight, you know, just as we talk through and Danny shares that um, you just get a little bit more hope for how God thinks of these things too and, and how, you know, we can, can move through it. Our theme scripture for the night is uh, going to be Romans 5, 3 to 5. Um, not only so, but we also rejoice in our sufferings, because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance, character, and character, hope. And hope does not disappoint. Um, you know, this is uh, in Romans, and this is Paul, uh, who himself has been persecuted, thrown in jail. Uh, he understands what suffering is about. And he, there's so much that God's even taught him through it. And as we kind of talk through these points tonight, uh, just consider different times that maybe you've had crisis or you've watched friends go through it. Uh, and just consider all these things and really what it does to you and, and how God's going to uh, use it. So suffering... Um, couple pictures up there but there was uh it, it takes a lot of forms and it something about the bible is that suffering is promised um you know and that, that's something we should kind of understand in life it, it's not always that we've done something wrong life happens right and that that's going to happen to all of us um it can happen in the form of persecution you know, hebrews 11 says uh talks about some of the heroes of the bible and it says others suffered mocking and flogging even chains and imprisonment they were stoned, they were sawn in two, they were killed with a sword. They went about in skins of sheep and goats, destitute, afflicted, mistreated, whom the world was not worthy, wandering about in deserts and mountains and in dens and caves of the earth. Um, and these are God's righteous. This isn't just, you know, the, the evil um, people in the world, like Job's friends were trying to always tell him, uh, you know, what have you done wrong that God's doing this to you? Everybody, um, God's righteous go through sufferings as well. Um, it can happen in the loss of relationships. So in Ruth, uh, Ruth, uh, uh, in the beginning, we, we see Naomi. She said, don't call me Naomi, she told him. Call me Mara, because the Almighty has made my life very bitter. Mara literally means bitter. I went away full, but the Lord has brought me back empty. Um, you know, it, she, Naomi lost her husband, and she lost her uh, sons um, as well, and and uh, in this, we just see that she's lost everything, and, and she sees no hope, um, and even health. You know, so in Job, um, so, so Satan went out from the presence of the Lord and struck Job with loathsome sores from the sole of his foot to the crown of his head. 
and Job was the man that God held up as his most righteous. And, um, you know, across the board, we can have all kinds of suffering. Hello, everyone. Uh, Hi. So crisis can mean a lot of things to different people. To you, what may be a crisis may not be a crisis to somebody else. Uh, So I Googled crisis so we could have a universal truth about what it actually means. So it means one of three things. The first one is an intense time of difficulty, trouble, or danger. Number two is a time when a difficult or important decision must be made. And number three is a turning point of a disease when an important change takes place, whether that's indicating recovery or death. Um, So honestly, I can relate to all three of those in my life. Uh, And I'm going to share about a few of them, so here we go. All right. So first, uh, when I was 16, I found out that my brother was terminally ill. Uh, It was really quick. My parents showed up at my school one day, and they told me, we're racing to California. Uh, Your brother's in the hospital. And it honestly shook my world. It was just my sister and me were still in Arizona, and my grandparents come, and it was just unreal. Growing up, everyone kind of looked at us as like the all-American family, that we had it all together on the outside looking in like there were no issues my parents both had great jobs we went to the best schools there were there was nothing so to find out that my brother is very ill was quite shocking um so my parents go to here obviously because this is where he was um and within a month he ended we had to my parents decided to take him off of life support uh so not only was his death just such a shock but knowing that you know, it was not in our hands, but we decided that that's not how he would want to live. Um, so it changed me forever. Uh, I will never have been the same person. It really shook my world. Um, shortly thereafter, I started dating my best friend, and we were inseparable. We were two peas in a pod, and I was just crazy about him and so in love. And um, we broke up after we dated for three and a half years, and we dated as disciples and not as disciples, but that too, I mean, in my mind, I thought, well, this is really going to work out. Like, I just had this plan of we were going to be together, and of course, this is even if, if I knew deep down he wasn't the right one, I was going to kind of make it be the right one. And it was, it honestly, besides the death of my brother, that was the next hardest thing in my life. It was just so awful breaking up with him and just realizing that something I thought was always going to come true didn't and it was very hard Um, right around the same time that him and I broke up uh, I found out that I had the same illness as my brother Uh, so (laughs) imagine my horror going into an MRI to find out that uh, I also have this brain infection um, and if I'm not rushed into immediate surgery Um, I could, too, potentially die. Um, At best, my doctors thought uh, that I would walk away blind in my left eye and sick all the time. At worst, I wouldn't walk away from the surgery. I would have died. So needless to say, just those are just three very, there were so many crises. A company embezzled so much money from my parents. just so my aunt moved in when my grandfather moved out because she had cancer my grandfather had cancer so this was my life until from 16 to up about 22 um, in my house it honestly seemed like 
my house was a hospital rather than a place of like security and comfort. Um, I mean, my family, we were very close. My sister um, and I, we weren't, my sister and I have really grown in our relationship. Let me just put that out there. (laughs) She's here over there. Uh, But my family, it was very evident that we loved each other. And like I said, on the outside, it looked like we had it all together. We really knew. But inside, I was very much emotionally dead and God didn't exist to me. Um, yeah, and my, my childhood just really seemed very jaded by, it, it seemed to be like if there was not one storm, then it was always another, and it was just never ending, and I never thought it would end. Um, so those are just a few of the crises I've dealt with in my life. So I'll let Erin share some more. So uh, here we have uh, Kobayashi, and he's, uh, this is after it, uh, eating, I don't know how many hot dogs, 60-some uh, hot dogs. This is perseverance, right? Uh, you know, knowing that you're still eating long after your stomach should have blown up, um, you know, that's commitment. Um, so I showed him because, you know, we... The uh, next part of the scripture talks about perseverance, but what's funny about perseverance is you have a couple of options here. Um, you know, you can persevere in doing something that's good, or you can persevere and try to do it your way. Um, you know, Second Kings uh, 17:41, it says, "So while these nations feared the Lord, they also served the idols. Their children likewise, and their grandchildren, as the fathers did, so they do to this day." This scripture comes uh, part of the Bible right where the nation of Israel is um, being exiled. And these people over time have just uh, had one king after another after another, all terrible. They persisted in their own ways. They just kept doing it their way uh, for for so long they knew nothing else. Um, And that that was the perseverance they chose. They, They persevered in doing wrong. Uh, and that, that's something that we have to really think about when we're in crisis because we have a couple of choices and ways we can react to it. Um, and fortunately for them, they did it, but the Lord was still in control uh, and, and used that. And we can read about it to this day and, and see those lessons. Um, or we can do it God's way. Uh, in James 1.12, it says, Blessed is the one who perseveres on a trial because having stood the test, that person will receive the crown of life that the Lord has promised to those who love him. Um, you know, in the beginning of James, it, it, it talks about trials of many kinds, and it, it's saying the person who perseveres on trial um, and does what's right is blessed because that, that's the race that has been set before us as Christians. That's the crown of life that we're going to have when we go to heaven um, for, for those who love him. Um, and thinking in terms of crisis, this is the the point where you know, we really have the decision of how we're going to um, have, a, have an outlook in our lives and world in the way and, and deciding whether we want to do it through our own eyes or through God's eyes. That um, shows our level of maturity. It shows our ability to handle and weather crises is what it takes when the suffering really comes and what are we going to choose to do. So, I definitely did not choose to follow God's way. Um, 
After all of this happened, I became very self-reliant and independent. Uh, pretty much my attitude was, I don't need you. And I really stuck to that because if, you, if I needed somebody, that meant I had to be vulnerable. That meant that I needed to admit that I was hurting on the inside and that there was pain. And for me, being self-reliant meant less pain. So I basically did everything the opposite of what God says you should do, which in return caused more pain. Um, so I really pushed myself. Uh, I really feel like all of the struggles and sufferings I've gone through really helped make me want to persevere through things and not ever want to be a victim and not ever be that person that says, well, because my brother died, I can't do this. Or because my brother was sick, then you know what? I just shouldn't go to college or I shouldn't. Because honestly, it can leave you so emotionally scarred that you make decisions irrationally. Um, So I decided to be the exact opposite of that and that I was going to push myself very hard. Uh, So I had a learning disability growing up. Uh, School did not come easily to me. In fact, for a long time, I was in the special ed classes, and I remember looking around and thinking, okay, I'm not stupid. I I just don't understand, or I didn't comprehend how everybody else did. Uh, So I I basically begged my parents to study extra with me. So what took kids two hours to do homework took me six to eight. Uh, So I would study a lot, and I would go to special studying programs, um, so that way I could pass and be the same as the other students and never be looked at as different. Uh, I also excelled in sports. The same way I was about my academics was the same way I felt about sports. Uh, I wanted the best trainers, so I begged my parents again that uh, I needed to be trained by elite athletes, and so I was. Um, which in college I was an athlete, I was an academic All-American, I had a 4.0, and I excelled on the softball field. Um, I basically wanted to be the best all the time, and I did not settle for anything less than that. Uh, I even went after relationships with men and wanting to date the most popular, whatever it was at the time, or who the it person was I was for. Whether it was good for me or not, didn't matter. It was all about how I appeared on the outside. Uh, That even went down to me having an eating disorder because I needed to be a certain weight and look a certain way just to appear like I was okay, even though I was not okay whatsoever. Um, I was basically trying to fill an extreme void in my life for God. Uh, I had this hole, but I didn't know because I was constantly shoving it with, I need to be the best, I need to do this, I need to do that, and constantly doing things, but never, ever taking the time to deal with my emotions. I mean, my parents even tried to send me to therapy, and I was like, no, that's not happening, ever. And now I've seen so many therapists, so. (laughs) So, I mean, you know, it, it comes full circle. But, yeah, I definitely, these trials really taught me how to persevere, but Although I had perseverance, I didn't ever keep God in the picture, and it left me feeling even more lonely, dating men I should not have been dating, doing things I shouldn't have been doing, um, and just so far from God, and just so empty on the inside. And uh, I remember one time, actually, this is a funny story, my sister and I were talking, and she's like, yeah, one day you just, you know, you turn the light switch off your emotional light switch, it just shut off, and you decided you weren't going to have emotions anymore. Um, And it really distanced me from God, and 
God could have been my cell phone for all I knew. Like maybe everybody else had a relationship with him and thought he was the greatest thing ever. But to me, I was like, he's probably really busy with all of you because I don't know who this person is or who he is. So um, that's where I'll pause. Let Aaron come back. So, in this verse that we're we're talking about, it says perseverance produces character. Um, Even in Danny's story, it seems funny because we're talking about perseverance, and it doesn't say what you're persevering in, how that will, uh, whether you're doing it God's way or not. It just says perseverance will produce character. Um, And when you read this, we remember the Bible is God's story, not ours. And this is how He's really talking to us through crisis. He's actually going to shape our character whether we go kicking and screaming or not. Um, and this is uh, you know, what I wanted to talk about and how when we're going through crisis, being able to start seeing it through God's eyes. Um, you know, The Lord will always persevere regardless of our choices. Isaiah 40:28 says, Do you not know? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He will not grow tired or weary. And his understanding, no one can fathom. Um, as much as crisis just weighs on us, um, as hard as we fight it by feeling it, either you know trying to do it God's way should be, should be the easy way, or our own, which can be really rough. Um, as Danny was starting to talk about trying to fill her life with all these things, uh, God's not stopping working either, and He can last far longer than we can. Uh, and that's what his plans are about, is really just pointing us back to him. Um, you know, the Lord's purpose to develop character within us is, is shown in Proverbs 17.3. This is the crucible for silver and the furnace for gold, but the Lord tests the heart. Uh, and that's amazing to think about because we're talking about the raw metals of the earth, that we need to throw them into um, a furnace, uh, a lot of pressure, a lot of heat, just to be able to mold them. Um, and that, that's the strength of what a furnace is, and we would all perish before it. But uh, now the rest of the verse, it says the Lord tests the heart. The Lord is far more powerful than a furnace, um, than uh, the crucible. That's how hard, that's how crazy our heart gets, is that it's easier to bend raw metal than it is our own hearts. That's why this is left up to the Lord to do. And this is how he, he transforms us in our character. Uh, this, is through, this is why he uses crisis this way, because it's like forcing us through a sieve. And, you know, whether we're doing it the right way or wrong way, we come out some way on the other side. And that's, that's his strength really shining through. Uh, so, like I mentioned to you guys, I really was looking to fulfill myself through very worldly things. Um, and I, I honestly really thought, you guys, that if I was just good enough in this, or if I got a job right away out of college, or if I moved here and did this, then I would be fulfilled. And I wasn't. And it was very, very hard to learn that. It's wonderful to go after your dreams. It's wonderful to chase those things. But if you use that as your source of fulfillment, you'll never be full enough. Um, 
So I really struggled with contentment. But, you know, like Aaron was saying, God works through every situation. So whether you're learning perseverance um, in God's way or your own way, you're still learning perseverance. And so I really feel like the death of my brother, this broken relationship, my own illnesses really taught me character and really taught me um, a lot of things that and later would make me want to follow God. Um, you know, with my brother's death, it really made me empathetic and made me understand people's loss. Uh, before that, I would say I was not very sympathetic to anybody. Um, I was just very about what I was doing and uh, what I was about. I don't get in my way because I'm on a goal and a path and nothing's going to stop me. And because of my brother dying, I really learned a lesson I feel like I would have never learned about people lose things and how heartbreaking it is and how hard it is to have somebody die in your life and then still say, I trust God, because that's not easy. That's not easy to say when you're going through such a hard time, like, yeah, um, I really believe that God knows what he's doing right now because you're putting your faith into something that you've never visually seen with your own eyes. And so for me, I would constantly question, if God is so good, then why did he take somebody that was so great? If God's so good, why do the good die young? I would constantly wonder that. And honestly, like Aaron was reading that scripture, his ways are not my ways. His understanding is not my understanding. And one day, hopefully, God willing, I'll get to ask him. Um, But until then, I'm not ever going to know. And I have to trust in God that he knows what he's doing and feel confident that God knows exactly what I need in every situation. Um, in a broken situation, in a broken relationship, I put my self-worth a lot in what men thought of me. Uh, if I was pretty enough, if I was smart enough, um, if I was anything really enough. Uh, but I have since learned that if you put all your hope into one relationship, you're going to be devastated. Uh, and I was. And I've learned that trusting God, I think the overall thing God has really taught me here, and it's not easy, and I'm not going to say that I trust God every day because I don't. Um, I struggle with trusting God a lot. Uh, but my, but it, I've grown a lot in it as well because before, God wasn't even real, and now I really think he has a plan for my life. Um, so I would, like I was saying, I give myself worth. And if you don't have God at the center of your relationship, you're going to be hurt. Uh, And so I had to learn that very hard life lesson. And then with my own illnesses, I learned that life is very fragile, that life is short, and there is not time to decide that when I get around to it, I'll be a disciple. When I feel like following God's plan, I'll do it. Uh, Because that's what was my thought before. (laughs) I honestly would think, okay, yeah, like after I find the guy that I really want to date, then we'll get married and I'll become a disciple because I know I'll need him then. Uh, Honestly, you guys, as crazy as that may sound, that was my thought, uh, was that I don't need God. And if I did, then I wasn't going to ever believe it. So I would just shove that out of my mind. So I learned from my illnesses how short life really is and how big God really is. And that if I don't choose to follow him, this short time on earth is going to be very hard. 
and it's going to be a lot harder than it needs to be. And if I learn to just be okay with not knowing everything and not knowing what God's plan or purpose and taking my brother or having me almost die or having broken relationships, but trusting that like Jeremiah 29:11 says, that he has a plan for my life to bring me hope in a future, that all that will be true. And because of that, I have felt so much more comfort and peace. And because of God, I've been able to reconcile a lot of relationships um, that were broken because of my breakup with this guy, um, being able to reconcile with my sister, being able to grow closer. Um, now we live together, and it's awesome. I love it. <laughs> uh, just really a lot of things about me have now changed because of crisis. And I can look back and say, you know what? If a storm is coming, I'm not sure I'm ever going to fully feel like, okay, God, let it pour. Like, <laughs> okay, I'm, I'm not going to say that. But I also know that God has proven to himself to me, who has sent people to me while I've been in a crisis. He has sent different gifts along the way that were perfect for exactly what I needed to feel comfort. And even though I didn't know at the time that this must be from God or this is God showing his love for me, I can now look back and see, okay, wow, God really loves me. He sent this person at right, just the right time. Um, you know, when my brother died, I was longing for a brotherly figure, not somebody who could ever take my brother's place because I would never want that. But six months after my brother died, my now very best friend, who is my, like a brother, moved in and just really helped my family heal. He became a part of the family. He would hang out with my mom when I wasn't even home or, you know, and we just really created such a tight bond that he has, to this day, has helped me so much and has been so pivotal. And he's just one example of things God has done in a storm that he's, God has said, oh, a storm's coming, but I'm right here with you. So I'll pause there and let Aaron continue. Um, to continue the verse, it says character brings hope. Um, and this is really the, the end goal for God. Because um, the rewards and benefits of hope are the building blocks of confidence that that we um, get, that we're talking about, confidence in crisis. Um, First off, it provides purity. 1 John 3.3 says, All who have this hope in him purify themselves just as he is pure. When we go through crisis, that part of our life that we've never really dealt with, that hasn't been exposed yet, uh, gets blown wide open. And God really uses that to refine and mold our characters. Um, and it's uh, something that's so great because this is, what, this is not us doing it. This is God uh, moving and changing us and helping us grow into the men and women that he intended us to be. Uh, but it's only through hard times that we really are, are purified uh, deeply and the parts of our life that, you know, you maybe the hidden sins or, or things you just didn't appreciate were weighing you down and holding you back as a Christian. This is how God you know, helps us grow just that much more. Um, and because of that, we have courage. Deuteronomy 31.6 says, Be strong and courageous. 
Do not be afraid or terrified because of them, for the Lord your God goes with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. When we're going through this, this isn't us going through crisis and isolation. Uh, you know, we can feel like that. I know Danny shared a lot about that, that she, just this trust in God that she didn't have for the longest time. But he kept working on her heart. Uh, and, you know, for her betterment uh, and for even us to hear tonight to hear and learn from, you know, it says be strong and courageous because we're not going through this alone. God has plans for us. He knows how to help us grow, help us see the things that we can't see for ourselves. He has our best in mind because he wants that relationship with us. Um, and from that, we can take such great courage that it's not us going out alone through the hardships of life. That instead, we have the creator of the universe who has our back. Um, and because of that, we finally have peace. Romans 5, 1 to 2. So therefore, since we've been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand, and we boast in the hope of the glory of God. Once our character has been refined and, and we start having confidence, we know that confidence isn't from us, but it's from God. And that gives us peace because instead of being against him, we are finally with him. We're in lockstep. And this peace is what, you know, when we're in the middle of crisis, that, that would be the end goal. Sometimes you just don't see it. Um, you feel the stressors of it. It, you know, it can last years, um, as Danny shared, did in her life. But ultimately, as God refines that character, and he's working on us, we realize that he's with us in this, and he's got our back. And that's so comforting. Um. Okay, this is the last time you guys are going to hear from me, so <laughs> hang in there. <laughs> okay, so in 2011, I had the opportunity uh, through my school to move to Thailand, and honestly, I attribute a lot of my relationship to God because of this. And it was the first time in my entire life I decided that I'm going to break every chain that's holding me before I left and go to Thailand with an extremely open mind. Uh, honestly, I thought I was going to turn Buddhist, to be quite honest. I, I loved how everyone was so peaceful, and I was so drawn to peace because I felt like I had no peace. And if they were so peaceful, then maybe I could be peaceful too. Um, but it took one of my friends who did a lot of drugs to, when I called her up, I said, I think I'm going to be Buddhist. And she goes, uh, wait a second. And this is literally how she sounded. You're going to worship a statue rather than God who's real? I just want to know if that's right. I was like, well, when you put it that way, <laughs> I guess I guess not. So my dreams of being a Buddhist were short-lived. <laughs> um, <laughs> as I'm now a disciple. Uh, but basically, God isolated me from every distraction. Everything that was in my life that I had been fulfilling myself with, just, he, I was away from it. And I was in Thailand, and for once I had an open mind. Um, and God proved himself over and over and over again. And I was so blown away by the people. And just the way that, it's not like God had like a, you know, a flashing red sign that said, I am God, look here, here's your sign. But because my heart was open and my mind was open to it, I saw things through the people and the way that they interacted with each other. I thought, this must be God. 
I saw the way that uh, people showed such kindness to me that this must be God. I saw just different things throughout my time while I was being there that God said, Hello, Danny. I'm not just your cell phone. I'm actually real, and I love you. Um, it took a long time for me to believe that God was more than just an inanimate object, that he was actually real and wanted a relationship with me. It, it took a long time for me to finally realize that he's not just the guy that sends people to heaven and hell. Yes, he is the ultimate judge, but he loves us so much. Um, it took a long time for me to trust his scriptures, trust that what was on the pages was really from him. In Psalms 34, 17 through 20, it says, The righteous cry out, and the Lord hears them. He delivers them from all their troubles. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. I was crushed in spirit for a very long time. And even now I can feel very crushed in spirit. It's not something that just goes away. The righteous person may have many troubles, but the Lord delivers him from them all. He protects all his bones. Except for my ankle is broken right now, so (laughs) just kidding. (laughs) I mean, it is broken, but (laughs) not one of them will be broken. For the first time after reading that scripture, I felt like God was with me through all my brokenheartedness, that God was holding my hand the whole time and was really actually had his arm around me and that, you know, he never promised that there wouldn't be bad things that happen in life. He never promised that I was going to grow up without a struggle. You know, he never said that. But what he did promise is that when these trials come and when this comes, he'll be there with me. And I think we see in the Bible time and time again that people have crisis, that (laughs) there are so many crises throughout the Bible. And, you know, Aaron and I were talking about it. I was thinking about Mary, how Jesus died and she watched it. And that was must have been a crisis for her. And yet she still trusted in him. She still trusted in God. And it was never easy for her. I know that it was not easy because I look at my own life with my brother. I look at my own life with my grandfather, with so many different people who have died or I've had a loss, that it was never easy trusting. But even if you make the choice that you're going to try, God jumps leaps and bounds to meet you where you are. So I guess what I want to conclude in saying is that it's not easy being confident in a crisis. And there's no magic potion or there's no magic thing I could tell you to say, this is how you go about being confident when the storm is coming. Um, but what I can tell you is that a storm is going to come. Every single one of us are going to face something that will be a crisis to you, that will be suffering, will be hardship. But if you choose, if you make the choice to trust in God, if you make the choice to believe in his scriptures and to believe that he will be there with you, he will. He will never forsake you. He will never leave. And It's a daily choice for me. Honestly, I have to tell myself this daily, and it's a reminder, because I'm very quick to be like, "Mm, wait a second, he's not there, he's not listening. If he really loves me, then this would have happened. If he really loved me, then that would have happened. But I see that God's ways are not my ways, that his understanding is not my understanding. So I hope you guys feel somewhat of a comfort and knowing that God is with you, whether you're going through a crisis now or tomorrow or a year from now 
just know that God is there. And the other thing I really just want to shed light on is that we're all here together. And if it weren't for the disciples or my friends who are all over there right now, <laughs> I, uh, I wouldn't be able to say that I trust in God. If you don't have a support, if you don't have a lifeline to somebody, you're going to be isolated. And it's so hard to believe that God loves you and he's looking out for you if you don't have somebody else reminding you and telling you. It's, it's so hard to sometimes just tell yourself, like, while something really bad is going on, that, yeah, God loves me. He's really showing it. Like, you know, <laughs> it's, uh, it's not easy. But if you have your friends there beside you, they can really show you that God loves you. So thank you. Danny did an awesome job, guys. Um, but just to, to kind of wrap up, um, actually, this is uh, Danny's idea too. The image of a rainbow is really inspiring because it's a reminder um, of God's promises. This is God's promise to Noah, um, and you know, like she was saying, it's easy to say you, know, you can be ready or prepared sometimes, um, but time really shows your character. Um, you know. It, and, and what it is, and, and God will keep refining it. We've been talking about confidence in crisis, and really I hope you guys have learned tonight is that that confidence doesn't come from uh, the things in our lives. It doesn't come from the other people in our lives. It doesn't come from even ourselves. If we are pushed hard enough, we will fall apart in any of those situations. The only remaining confidence that we actually can have is from God. Amen. Um, so I'm just going to leave you there with that thought and we'll have some discussion questions up here um, but I just want you guys to get in groups of two or three and, and share about some of these crises uh, that you may have experienced in your lives and just really how God's been molding your character through it um, Amen You've just listened to the Elevate podcast. For more information about our ministry, please visit elevatecoastal.com.